physicist, and I find it quite surprising to find myself on this platform. Um, but I think I'm here as a, a member of the Scientific Council of the European Research Council, and I want to give a fairly um, science-centered view of things, research, and things that are at the heart of this university rather than at the heart of the nation, if you like. <clears throat> and I should say, when I talk about science, I am talking about it in the sense of Wissenschaft, not in pure science kind of thing. I want uh, you know, the knowledge that, that would apply whatever your discipline is. Because that, of course, is what the European Research Council funds, so that's the way in which I mean it. Um, when, in the run-up to the referendum, I was regularly being fed um, sort of facts and figures by the university so that if I got wheeled out to talk to the press, I had these figures. And the, uh, one of the things that really struck me looking at these figures was that 25% of the university's research funding comes from Europe, broadly defined, not just from the ELC, but from all the different programmes. And all that money is at risk, um, severely at risk now. Um, and the arguments that I think the scientists, and uh, possibly in that case I'm using the word narrow view of scientists, but the academic community at large tended to, to put, and there was quite a lot going out into the media, and it was put out in a way that could be seen as special pleading. Um, and I find this quite frustrating uh, because the argument about why research science is important to the country is because of a much bigger picture of what it does in terms of wealth creation, um, creating jobs, all that kind of stuff. And I think there wasn't enough of that argument put in. And we're always up against the fact that politicians, by and large, seem to have a very narrow view of how scientists in lab has bright idea Lots of money comes out at the end. We know it's not really like that. The linear model, um, I don't think it's ever worked, and it certainly doesn't work now. <coughs> so if we are to think of where we potentially are now as a university, we're at risk of losing a lot of money. Not good news. Um, but to go back to the mobility arguments, and as my colleague's accent makes it very clear, we're at risk of losing a lot of people who come here talented from all over Europe and indeed all over the world, we're at risk of losing them, we're at risk, risk of losing anyone who can claim any nationality, however distantly, an Irish grandmother I gather is sufficient and you can leave the country and get an Irish passport but there's a three year waiting list. So um, this university is certainly at significant risk from the loss of all this. But if you talk to the scientists in Europe, they absolutely do not want to lose the UK. So I, I, I was at a, an ERC meeting the Monday after the referendum result when we were all in shock, and they were all in shock. What have you done? That seemed to be the prevalent message that I was being received. Have a drink. You know, this is awful. Um, I was back with them again last week. We were actually in Dublin last, last week, not in Brussels. Um, and the message is still, we've got to find some way that you are not excluded. And of course, this is also tied into the Swiss question, because Switzerland and the UK are two of the most successful recipients of European funding. Um, and that is not chance, that is because the research here across the country is excellent. And in open competition, we do fantastically well. Um, 
they don't want to lose that to the wider European community. And so it seems to me that if we are to look forward, we should not give up because them, the Eurocrats, the, the ERC secretariat, whatever, do not want to lose us from the community. So I am going to go back to special pleading now. I'm going to say, let us try and work with our politicians to try and find some way that that at least we can preserve. And if we preserve that, it may help the wider country. And I think there's, there's one word that hasn't been mentioned so far, that living in Cambridge, it's all too easy for us to forget. We live in a little bubble in the Fens. And if you go out in the Fens, it is very different. We cannot avoid the fact that inequality is stark in this country. And that is part of the problem. That is part of why so many parts of the country, but not Cambridge, um, voted in favour of coming out. Because they do not see the advantages that we believe being part of this wider community provides. Um, and come what may, whatever happens about the legal cases, Article 50, all the rest, I think we have to recognize as a broad community that inequality has got worse. I mean, I have just seen it. The, the, I hate to mention grammar school. Um, I went to a grammar school, a girls' grammar school, and it was seen as an engine of social mobility back then. Um, all the evidence shows that it really, really isn't like that. Um, but why haven't we got social mobility? Um, as the master of a Cambridge college, I have to worry, and I absolutely do worry, about widening participation. Um, I'm very proud of the fact that Churchill has the highest certainly in some years, it has the highest proportion of state school entry of any of the colleges in Oxford or Cambridge. So we are doing all we can, but there's only so much you can do because the inequality starts so early. And sending our fellows out into the Welsh Valleys to talk to 16-year-olds isn't going to solve that problem. So we have a massive problem on our hands. We have the parochial one. How can we maintain our research base? How can we go on ha having Erasmus programmes send our students abroad, that students from abroad come to the UK, how can we go on contributing towards a wider picture as researchers? But we have this much bigger picture that as you know, people in an elite organisation, we do have to worry about. We cannot sit in this bubble and pretend that what happens out in Woodbeach is not an issue for us. So that's certainly no answers. Um, but it is where I think we're at. And, and actually, my, I'm faintly optimistic about the future of being able to get funds out of Europe in the UK. Um, I had a conversation this morning with someone who is busily talking to David Davis, actually, um, and who apparently does understand that maybe putting some more money into the, the research budget would be a good idea anyhow, which would be something. But... Um, I'm not optimistic about the Brexit position. And it is one of the things that struck me, and I'm sure everyone in this room is likely to feel the same thing. No other political event has caused one to go into mourning in quite the same way. And, it, and that is a very prevalent view. And somehow we've got to turn that around and get something positive out of it. 